0: Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today.
1: And we're live. Excuse me
0: while I aggressively itch my nose. How are you doing?
1: (laughs) I'm good. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm also great. Good and great. Except for my itchy nose. Is it allergy season? Maybe. Is the almost fall allergy season? I don't know.
1: I feel like you would have gotten it earlier in like June with all the pollen.
0: I'm not usually a pollen girly.
1: You're not a pollen girl?
0: I guess everyone's kind of a pollen girly.
1: Well, anyway, I mean, if you were to get anything weird, it would be where we are right next to a nature preserve. Oh God, that's so true.
0: Our backyard is basically National Geographic. It is. We have a bunny that's just like in, it's just our neighbor. Like she's just chilling. We named her Brandy.
1: She's vibing at all times. She's
0: constantly vibing. She's just eating all of our
1: flowers yard. I don't know, know. And I
0: love it. I hope she eats everything. We do. I wish her nothing but the best.
1: We don't have any plans. We don't care. But it really is like multiple bunnies, chipmunks, birds.
0: Yeah, today I saw a bunny and a chipmunk at the same time. And I was like, just call me Snow White because yeah. this is the life. I love it. Would
1: you like to star as Snow White?
0: <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> call me Rachel Zegler. If you know, you know. Oh, no, God. Yeah. Dude, all you people on TikTok must know. <laughs> um. Anyway... I've got a gigantic story today.
1: Well, if the word started with a T, how would you describe it?
0: Titanic? Yes. A, a
1: Titanic b- story.
0: Do people say things
1: are big? When, yeah. Do they,
0: people use the word Titanic to say I'm things are big? I'm pretty sure.
1: Let me Google it.
0: Okay. I've never heard anyone say, like, it's Titanic to say something is big.
1: Okay. Titanic of exceptional strength, size, or power.
0: All right. I'm wrong well then yeah it's titanic quite literally the story is titanic how fun yeah we're gonna be talking about the survivors of the titanic and the story of it because how could we how could we not? how could we not we exactly. gotta talk about the uh background of it to get to the survivors of it yeah and then of the it. event yes the you event
1: know? yeah I was weirdly obsessed with this as like maybe a five-year-old. Really? A yeah, five-year-old? Maybe six.
0: Same more. I don't know. I was mark? like
1: a young kid. I don't remember exactly what age I was, but I would ask my mom incessant questions. And if she's listening right now, she remembers because <laughs> she talks about it all the time. Yeah. And she tried to pacify me. And this was before Google. So you can't just be like, go Google it, kid. God bless your mother. Yeah, I know. She got me an encyclopedia on a CD about the Titanic. About
0: the Titanic.
1: Yeah, and then she goes, anything you want to know, look it up with this. And then I never used it because it was hard to use.
0: You know, I did know that you were asking questions left and right. But I was under the assumption, or not not under the assumption, I was told that it was, like, about gemstones. That and was like another phase. But... Any just any other random question under the sun that crossed your mind. I didn't know that you had, like, a titanic phase. That's yeah, interesting. Oh, I did. That's so funny. Okay, well, hopefully I can answer your questions because you do ask me Are a lot of questions. I don't know. I hope
1: we might have to cut it out we'll see we'll see
0: i mean i have done a lot of research so hopefully i can answer your questions today um i feel like i'm taking a test now okay (laughs) i will do
1: my best i'm just gonna be curious yes and i will
0: and i will answer your questions to the best of my ability if not i'll cut them out and you guys will never know
1: (laughs) so anyway why don't we uh get started all aboard all aboard as they might say the titanic how i think we only get two more okay we get two more sure
0: the 1900s were a time of innovations both on the land and on the sea and a new generation of steamships began a revolution in global travel the titanic was a part of a company called the white star line and their rival company Cunard was having a bunch of success with their two quadruple-funneled super-fast liners, the Lusitania and the Maritania, and in an effort to compete with them, Joseph Ismay, the president of the White Star Line, proposed the construction of three Olympic-class liners with opulent interiors with comfort rather than speed. They couldn't rival Cunard for speed, but they would make up for that in never-before-seen luxury. Their three ships were the Olympic, the Titanic, and the Britannic. All three ships were to be equipped with the ultimate in turn-of-the-century design and technology. The Titanic would be 880 feet long, equivalent to six Boeing 737s laid end-to-end, and it could accommodate three and a half thousand people. With nine decks, it would weigh 67,000 tons including 16 watertight compartments in their lower sections that could easily be sealed off in the event of a punctured hole. These bulkhead compartments were equipped with electric watertight doors that could be operated individually or simultaneously by a switch on the bridge, which was basically the captain had a switch that could close all the doors immediately. It was these watertight bulkheads that inspired Shipbuilder magazine, in a special issue devoted to the Olympic liners to deem them practically unsinkable. So, this is where it came into, these ships were unsinkable. The first to be launched was the Olympic, making her the world's largest man-made moving object. However, that title was short-lived when, on May 31, 1911, the Titanic was set to launch in Belfast. The Titanic easily swept that title away from the Olympic, with how large it was. And the Titanic also had 20 lifeboats, which, surprisingly, was more than the number required by the Board of Trade Regulations at the time. Meaning, they were well within the law. But this law did not take into consideration that the ship was 46,000 tons, and 20 lifeboats would only be enough for 52% of passengers if they were at full capacity. But the idea was that the lifeboats would be used like ferries to take passengers to a rescue ship. The lifeboats would make multiple trips to and from the boat to collect passengers. They were not supposed to be like the end-all be-all. They were supposed to be like a to and from kind of thing.
1: Okay, I guess I see the logic, but like what rescue ship?
0: I guess they were assuming that if there were ever to be an issue, there would be a ship close enough that they would be able to cart people back and forth.
1: I don't know. Are people just like popping off on this sea lane? Like what's happening? Like it just seems like the ocean is... Quite large? Large.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is quite large, but actually... Spacious. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, where the Titanic was, there was a couple ships around them and we're going to talk about that later, but there also was a reason why they weren't able to use these lifeboats in their intended fashion as like fairies okay yeah
1: well i guess like they are going technically above and beyond for safety
0: yeah kind of
1: but also thus far with the information i have in front of me
0: (laughs) yes yeah with like what they assumed they'd be used for yeah they were going above and beyond what the law said because this was more than what the law even required so i guess yeah but For my liking, I would have wanted enough lifeboats for everyone on the ship, regardless. I feel like most people. Yeah, right? Yeah. A date for the maiden voyage to New York was set for March 20th, 1912. Oh, I think I said 1911 earlier, but it was 1912. But that was then changed when the Olympic was damaged during her maiden trip, which meant the Titanic was now set for April 10th, 1912. Which is kind of weird to think about, because if the Olympic hadn't had a collision and damaged the ship, altering the Titanic's sail date, would any of this have happened in the first place? Wow. Yeah. Isn't that a little strange?
1: That's wild.
0: Anyway. April 10th finally comes, and the Titanic was in Southampton Harbor in southern England. More than 100,000 people attended the launching, which took just over a minute and went off without a hitch. Many people had traveled from Canada and America just to go right back on the new beautiful white starliner on her maiden voyage. So people literally came to England just to go right back, just to go on the Titanic.
1: Wow. I mean... Doesn't that suck? That really sucks.
0: Mm -hmm. The Titanic had some of the most lavish rooms that had ever been created by expert craftsmen fit for some of the richest people in the world. On board were 325 first class passengers and absolutely no expense was spared in the first class cabins and accommodations. Two of these suites were called the millionaire suites and were considered to be the most luxurious accommodations of the day. As a first class guest, you could enjoy a Jacobean style dining room a large, lavish reception room, and that could be entered through one of the Titanic's most prized features, the Grand Staircase, which I'm sure everyone's seen in the movie. They had parties, live music, everything was lavish and incredible and pristine. It was honestly more luxurious than a lot of like the hotels on land, like, and it was floating, which is crazy at the time.
1: Yeah, so like maybe it makes sense that these people came just to go on the ship
0: yeah absolutely i mean it was unheard of to see something like this gentlemen could retire to the smoking room for port and cigars and in the day they could relax in the multiple cafes or use the -the state-of-the-art gymnasiums or the pool like it was just like gym
1: yeah interesting
0: yeah the second class passengers also enjoyed a luxury that rivaled first class on any other liner of the day and they were even the first to enjoy electric elevators Really? Yes. The third class passengers, however, did not have nearly as much. And many of them were immigrants who were going to America for a new life, with all of their worldly belongings with them in a bag. The most space was given to first and second class passengers, but the most people were in the bottom of the ship in third class. They wanted to sell as many tickets as possible, and they were like, actually, we could probably sell a lot of tickets to third-class passengers and just pack as many people as possible in the bottom of the ship. So they did that.
1: I'm not surprised.
0: Right, exactly. It's a business at the end of the day. So throughout the four days of uneventful westward sailing toward New York, the ship had received numerous warnings about the serious threat of icebergs. Despite the Titanic being the most sophisticated liner of its day, Its radio room by comparison was very tiny. It was basically a broom closet with only two men who would receive the messages by Morse code. One would sleep or eat while the other would be on duty. So they knew of the dangers that lay ahead and had Captain Edward Smith steer 20 miles off course just to try to avoid these ice fields. But ultimately it wouldn't be enough. After four days of this smooth sailing, There should have been only another 48 hours until they made it to New York and arrived at Pier 59. However, on the morning of Sunday, April 14th, another iceberg warning came in. That warning was handed to Captain Smith, who was eating breakfast with the first-class passengers in the dining room. He had handed that message to Joseph Ismay, the president of White Star Liner and the owner of the Titanic, who was apparently going around and showing passengers
1: this warning. Wait, is he like, hey, look at this. I don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> I mean, he was basically just going around and being like, Look, there's
1: icebergs in the water. <laughs> like I don't know, like I'm a passenger, I'm like, okay. Right. And and now what? Right. Now what?
0: I don't think anyone was particularly concerned. Because none no, of them shoving their
1: face with steak.
0: Exactly, none of them knew the dangers of what that meant.
1: I mean, he if he didn't seem concerned, it's like a flight attendant. The flight attendant's not scared. I'm not exactly. scared.
0: Exactly.
1: The owner's not scared. He's on know. the ship.
0: Yes, and he was. You know? He was in one of the millionaire suites, so of course he's not scared. Of course scared. he was. But, yeah. You know. So he's going around just like schmoozing it up showing this warning off to passengers and he ends up giving it back to captain smith so that evening after the captain eats his dinner he returns to the bridge where he tells the second officer basically that he should wake him if anything comes up so he's like i'm gonna go to sleep you wake me if anything happens
1: (laughs) what do you mean i i don't know like how frequent are these warnings is it just kind of like eh Or why are they ignoring it? I don't get it. They're
0: coming in like pretty much every day. They're getting a warning or like sometimes multiple times a day. Like, hey, there's a lot of ice in like the area you're you're sailing in.
1: Is it kind of like a boy who cried wolf situation where they just kind of stopped caring after 10?
0: I don't think they thought that it wasn't something they should be concerned about, but they just I honestly don't know. It is something to be wary of, but I guess they were like, "We'll see it,
1: bro." You know how dark the ocean is at night.
0: I mean, yeah, but I don't know. Like they were on a schedule. Like they they were trying to make oh. <laughs> they, they were trying to make good time.
1: I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, that's, like, very much what was happening, and we will talk more about that later, but, like, the captain was trying to get to New York on time, and that very well could have been the reason that a lot of people died.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah. Like, that could have been the cause of this entire crash.
1: Wow. All right. Lay it on me.
0: So, Captain Edward Smith goes to sleep, and he's like, wake me if something happens, basically. So the second officer advised lookouts in the crow's nest to look out for icebergs because they know that they're in the area. So he's like, all right, let's have a lookout happening. At 9.40 p.m., they receive a message from another ship nearby, again, warning of heavy ice pack, large icebergs, and field ice. Meanwhile, the ships in the surrounding area were stopping for the night because they didn't want to hit an iceberg. And yet the Titanic went on.
1: Did they know that everyone else was stopped?
0: I do know that they got a message saying that there was heavy ice pack, large icebergs, and field ice. I don't know if they got the message that every other ship was stopping for the night, but it would be kind of like common sense that you should stop if you can't see the icebergs, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if that's...
0: Like protocol. Yeah. Right. So everyone else is like, okay, we're going to stop for the night, but that would mean they would have to, you know, lose time, which they didn't want to do. And again, a nearby ship sent a warning to the Titanic saying they were near so much dangerous ice, but they received a message back from Jack Phillips, the Titanic's operator at the time, saying, quote, shut up, I'm busy, I'm working Cape Race. I don't know what Cape Race means, but he said, shut up, I'm busy, I'm working.
1: Excuse me, your job is to receive messages, you fuck. Exactly, yeah. Hello, that is what you're supposed to do. That's literally your job. You mean but you're busy. Exactly. You're busy reading the message.
0: Right, yeah, but... He's getting multiple messages over and over this evening being like, there's icebergs, please stop. And he's like, shut up, I'm busy. <laughs> You're busy doing what? What?
1: Doing race what? What did he say? Cape
0: race. Cape race. Anyway, at about 1130, the Titanic- he's playing
1: Dungeons and Dragons. Shut up.
0: <laughs> sure. At about 1130, the Titanic was sailing through unusually calm water. Like, very calm. Which is now known to be a sign of ice pack. And at the time, it was causing a sort of mirage, and was making lookout duties almost impossible. Just 10 minutes later, they realized that they were headed for a giant iceberg, as we all know. Immediately, they sound the alarm and telephone the bridge with the message, Iceberg right ahead. Officer Murdoch orders hard to starboard, or hard for starboard, to the helmsman, called to the engine room to stop engines, and activates the watertight doors below to seal off. The Titanic turns, and for a few seconds it seems like they may have avoided disaster, but the starboard side makes a nasty contact with the iceberg, both above and below the water, scraping alongside it, damaging 300 feet of the ship. A grinding sound can be heard throughout the ship, as well as a vibration that could be felt as the ship scraped and was torn open by the ice. Some passengers rightfully became alarmed, but were told everything was under control. But some passengers had no idea anything was wrong. They heard the noise, but they didn't really think anything of it. (laughs) That's the truth. They were like, nothing's wrong.
1: I can't believe that. God, I would be on the deck of this ship immediately
0: most people thought nothing was wrong. Really? Almost every single passenger didn't think the ship was going down until they could actually see that the ship was like tilted and in the water, like halfway.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, they said it was unsinkable. So I mean, it's a massive ship. Yeah. But it is crazy to me that nobody was alarmed. I mean, I wasn't there for the sound, but I imagine if you tear up 300 feet of a steel ship or whatever it was made out of you would be alarmed like it's ripping through that i don't know it's probably a loud sound
0: yeah it wasn't quiet but it also a lot of it happened like under the water because the the iceberg was like underneath so a lot of the people who heard like the really loud bits of it were in like the third class portions of the boat gotcha And above, everything was still fine, but down below, boiler room numbers 5 and 6 were taking on icy water extremely fast. The frantic workers down there did their best to keep the water under control and managed to keep the boiler room somewhat under control, but less than 10 minutes after impact, the water had risen 14 feet above keel and almost 4 trillion liters of seawater had entered
1: the ship. Trillion? Trillion, with a T. That's Damn. a lot of water. It's a lot. seems like a lot. It was a big ship. So. Sure.
0: Yeah. By midnight, the ship had begun to tilt downward and slightly to the right as it took on more water. By the time the captain toured the damaged area with the Titanic's architect, Thomas Andrews, Five compartments were already filling with seawater, and the bow of the doomed ship was alarmingly pitched downward, allowing seawater to pour from one bulkhead to the neighboring compartment. According to some hypotheses, Titanic was doomed from the start because of this quote-unquote state-of-the-art design. So while the individual bulkheads were indeed watertight, The walls separating the bulkheads extended only a few feet above the water line, so water could pour from one compartment into another, especially if the ship began to list or pitch forward, which is what was happening. And the Titanic was only able to stay afloat if four of these bulkheads were filled. So any more than that, and the ship was officially sinking.
1: So there were five?
0: At the time that the captain was like, assessing the damage there was already five of them that were full and there was still water that was being taken on wow so yes bad
1: bad i mean you're you're done <laughs>
0: yeah i mean they, they were for sure done but so andrews did a quick calculation the architect and asked estim- counted
1: to five do you mean is that the calculation <laughs> well
0: they saw that more water was being taken on so he's like trying to figure out the rate at which it's coming on and he's trying to figure out how long the ship has oh and he estimated the Titanic would remain afloat for another hour and a half, perhaps slightly more, but it was going down. At that point, the captain, who had already instructed his wireless operator to call for help, ordered the lifeboats to be loaded. It was also probably at this time that Captain Smith realized that even full to capacity, the lifeboats would only be able to hold 1,178 of the 2,227 passengers and crew on board. So let's talk a little bit about this lifeboat situation. From the start, as we know, there were an inadequate number of lifeboats. So in the best case scenario, they only had enough space for 1,178 people on board, 16 boats, and four Engelhart collapsibles. So they had 20 lifeboats. However, this wouldn't have even saved half of the people on board because the Titanic could carry up to 2,436 passengers and had a crew of approximately 900, which brought her to a capacity of more than 3,300 people. Wow. And as we know, it wasn't a smooth disembarking that would happen. It was pure chaos, which led to boats not being completely filled, and boats would end up lost from the ship. They fell into the water and flipped over before they were even able to be filled up at all. And if you know anything about the Titanic, you know that women and children were supposed to be loaded into these lifeboats first. But the officers on board the Titanic took this guideline so seriously that in some cases, they only loaded women and children. But here was the problem. Not everyone thought the Titanic was going down. It wasn't made super clear to the passengers. Many of them were told everything was under control and they could return to their cabins. So some women and children opted to stay on this imagined safety of the ship. And since the officers were only loading women and children, some of the lifeboats were sent off half empty because women and children didn't want to get on.
1: Wait, so they didn't even fill it? No. Because of men.
0: Yeah. And they, well, they also didn't want to like overload the lifeboats. Like they were scared that if they put too many people on, it would like overload it kind of thing. And they were under the assumption that there was going to be a rescue ship nearby. So they were like, oh, we'll just ferry more people off when like the rescue ship comes by. But that wasn't the case.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But also they knew the ship was going down. They knew the time period. They knew the water was cold and they sent only women and children off and they sent these lifeboats off at like half capacity most of the time. Wow. The Titanic's frantic distress calls were heard by several ships in the vicinity, but they were all too far away. And the closest to them was the, I believe, the Californian, but their radios were turned off.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: (laughs) So that's why.
1: Who turned off the radios,
0: dude? They did. Why? I don't know. They just did. So the Californian wasn't coming for them. So the Carpathia, who was 58 miles away, was the closest to them and immediately changed course and started the journey toward the Titanic. A little more than an hour after contact with the iceberg, at around 2.20 a.m., a largely disorganized and haphazard evacuation began with the lowering of the first lifeboat. The craft was designed to hold 65 people, and it left with only 28 women and children
1: aboard. I mean, that's just fucked up.
0: It is. And tragically, this was the norm. During this confusion and chaos, nearly every lifeboat would be launched, woefully underfilled, some with only a handful of passengers. And the men who did get on board the lifeboats weren't treated very well because of it. One man in particular was Masubi Hasono, the only Japanese citizen to survive the sinking. The officer loading the lifeboats near where Hasono was standing had announced that there were two seats left. So Hisono was one of two men who got on board. He survived the sinking, but became infamous in his country because he lived while so many others had perished, and his story even appeared in textbooks as an example of shameful and unethical behavior.
1: I'm sorry. If I was him, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Fuck y'all. I'm living.
0: So many people there would There was have. two
1: spots. What do, do you want him to do?
0: Any person would do what he did in that situation. I mean, if there were two spots left and you could take it, you would take it. Why wouldn't you? He lived until 1939, but was never able to rid himself of his quote-unquote shameful past, as if his past was shameful. And it even trickled down to his family. For a couple of generations, the name Hosono was synonymous with shame in Japan.
1: Wow. Change it. Isn't that messed up? It's so crazy. A whole country hates him so much just because he got on a lifeboat.
0: That w- that had room for him.
1: Uh, yeah, it was not like he was taking anyone's spot, right?
0: No, he didn't like take an old lady's spot. He just like got on a boat that had room for him.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. It wasn't until Hisono's grandchildren published some of his writings that his shame finally began to lift. But sadly, that never happened in his lifetime. So he just lived with this like awful reputation. And he did nothing to deserve
1: it. Yeah. Although I guess every day that that did happen, at least you're alive. Yeah. At least you get to still look at your kids, you know? Yeah,
0: that's true. But it's just so sad. I mean, that every like everyone in your country, like not even just like your neighborhood,
1: your community, you
0: know, like it's not even just like a neighborhood thing. It's like a, a whole country associates shame with your name. Yeah, it's like
1: he was an influence or something that got canceled.
0: (laughs) It's a bit worse than that. (laughs) It's a little bit worse than that. But I see what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's a modern day version. It
0: is, yeah. Another man who had a bad reputation after the sinking of the Titanic was Joseph Ismay, the owner of the Titanic.
1: Oh, the owner? Yeah.
0: President of White Star Line uh, and the person who boasted to the world that the Titanic was unsinkable. And then his ship sank. So the public almost felt like he should have gone down with it since he said that.
1: <laughs> All right. Now this one, I'm like a little bit fair. <laughs> this is almost like the captain going down with the ship.
0: So like Hasono, he was one of only a few men to get a spot on a lifeboat. But he actually jumped onto the second to last lifeboat that was being lowered, which was something that people had a big problem with later on. Like, I don't even know that there was necessarily room for him but it was being lowered and he just jumped onto it. Yeah I mean
1: it's like if it were you.
0: I would do the same thing. I would have jumped. Like I, I don't think that I would be necessarily a brave participant in going no. down with the Titanic. No. But like he's a jerk. He is he seems like a jerk.
1: Yeah just I mean.
0: based off of the bit of information I do know about this person he kind of seems like a jerk. So I mean he I...
1: was parading around with the warning right i think he's thinking about that on the way down as he's like yeah right
0: um yeah yeah, it's
1: just like it's hard to be like oh yeah you fucking dick because i'm like i would do the same thing and it's like when you're going to die it's kind of like i would morals kind of go out the window
0: a little bit yeah
1: it's like you're gonna die for morality i mean you got to be pretty certain about that
0: yeah I, I mean, as long as he's not taking the spot of like a child, which I don't think he was necessarily. I mean, there were children on the ship, but I don't think they were like, you know, fighting to get in the boat.
1: Yeah. It sounds like he just put one extra person over capacity.
0: I'm not even sure about that. There may have been room on the boat for him. He just got a, a spot on the boat. But um, yeah, people definitely criticized him for being one of the survivors when not many men... Did survive, and he was one of the people who did. So, anyway, once on board the Carpathia, which was the ship that rescued the lifeboats, Ismay insisted on a private cabin and spent the rest of the journey under the influence of opiates.
1: I mean, why not? Oh,
0: (laughs) yeah. Um, if you hear thunder in the background, we
1: are it's because it's thunder,
0: it's because we have thunder happening. We are in now in a thunderstorm um anyway let's keep going so he was apparently taking drugs which I, did he have them in his pocket like did he? yeah t-
1: actually not a great question where yeah. did he get the drugs from yeah right like did he so, find
0: them in the cabinet
1: well so that means he was on drugs the whole time or he found a dealer on the carpathia <laughs> Carpathia's like
0: he found an opiate up. dealer on the carpathia i don't
1: know like how does actually i'm very curious how this drug deal went if it did like how do you in what 1912 find a drug dealer and be like i require opiates like now i would like three three i'm sure he had more
0: than three opiates on the carpathia
1: what do they even measure it in grams pills pills
0: i don't know anyway he was doing drugs so when he left the carpathia he became subject to deep criticism And even though it was all legal, it had been his decision to limit the amount of lifeboats on the ship. So people were definitely blaming him for the amount of Oh,
1: did the engineers say like, oh, we should have enough for everyone? He was like, no, fuck that.
0: I don't think that was the case because like I said, the regulations were saying like, you could even have less than what he had. Like he had over the amount that was like the legal requirements, but it was technically his call to have the number of boats that he had so people were blaming him
1: i mean you're the owner exactly
0: although he was cleared of any wrongdoing in a legal sense his reputation never recovered
1: yeah i mean you you want to get another ship made by this guy
0: not really so at 205 a.m there were still 1600 people on board the titanic with just one more available lifeboat which was lowered with only 44 women and children in it At 2.10 a.m., Captain Smith went to the radio room to relieve the operators of their duties. And he was basically just like, you're good, God bless you, we're going down.
1: Wow, I mean, what do you even do?
0: He just went back up to the bridge and just was a captain going down with his ship. Like, what else do you do? Play violin? That is actually a myth. There was no live music happening as the ship went down.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's a better story. Yeah. Can we just lie? <laughs> no, it's a better story. Yeah, who I cares? I guess
0: that it is a better story. but people do say a lot that there was you know the band playing as the ship went down, but that is absolutely not the case according to multiple survivors. They were like anyone yeah, would... who says that is a straight up liar.
1: Yeah, I don't know. it would be so eerie.
0: Yeah, that's that would be eerie as hell. Although I do say this later on in my notes there oh I say this right now there were (laughs) it's right here um there were men who apparently changed out of their life jackets and into their best evening wear and began drinking brandy and smoking
1: cigars absolutely yep why would you not yep like vibes but like not
0: bad vibes i'd say (laughs) i'd say on a scale of one to ten it's pretty pretty close to one (laughs) i can't believe i said that (laughs) i'd say the vibes are pretty bad um At 2.18am, a a huge roar was heard as the half-submerged Titanic's lights started to flicker, and the ship broke in two. Anyone who was still on the ship was sent hurtling into the water, and anyone who was already in the water was now in complete darkness. The stern continued to float, but as it got flooded with water, it rose higher and higher, until finally it too disappeared under the water and sank to the bottom of the ocean floor in under five minutes.
1: That's quick. Yeah. Wow. Especially with
0: how far it went down.
1: Yeah, it's deep, deep. Yeah. Right? It is deep, deep. It's like like miles.
0: Yeah, it's like two and a half miles
1: under the water. I mean, I just can't imagine something, three planes long? Six. Reaching the bottom of, six. Reaching the bottom of the ocean in five minutes? Like, that is super quick.
0: Yes. By 4.10 a.m., the first survivors of the Titanic were picked up from their lifeboats by by the-
1: 4.10
0: yeah by the carpathia
1: it took um like two hours two hours to get there Wow.
0: so let's talk about some of those survivors shall we so the first story i want to tell is of albert and sylvia caldwell and their baby alden the caldwells were both teachers in bangkok but they were headed home to america when sylvia's health wasn't doing so well They had actually stopped in Naples, Italy, and seen a boat with an American flag on it, which meant it was headed to America that day, but decided not to take it since it was too small, and Sylvia tended to get seasick on smaller boats. And that boat was the Carpathia. No way. Yes. So they made their way to London to the White Star Line office to get second-class tickets, but were turned away since the boat was full. But they really wanted to get on the Titanic, so they asked how they could, and the ticket person said the only way they would be able to is if someone canceled their reservation. So they should come back tomorrow to see if anyone did. So they did that, and sure enough, there were two second-class tickets available, which was exactly what they were looking for.
1: Who were the two people that canceled, and how lucky are they?
0: I don't know, but they are very lucky, and... So are Albert and Sylvia, but, you know, also very unlucky. Yeah. So as they boarded the ship, Sylvia asked a deckhand if the boat was really unsinkable. And he answered with the very famous quote, God himself could not sink this ship. So that's where that came from. The first few days were very uneventful, and they were pleasantly surprised that Sylvia wasn't seasick. So the Titanic was big enough that Sylvia was not seasick. And Albert was having a great time taking photos of the ship. He even went down to the engine room and took photos of the stokers putting coal into the furnaces. He even asked them if they would take a photo of him holding one of their shovels, because he was having that good of a time. This exchange got them talking, and unbelievably so, it probably saved their lives. Because on that fateful night... Sylvia had been woken up by the huge shudder as the ship had hit the iceberg, but after that the water was very smooth once again. So Albert jumped out of bed and ran to the deck to look out over the edge where he saw a sailor who said that they had just hit a small iceberg but no harm had been done so he should just go back to bed. So Albert went back to bed, But not long after that, they got a pounding on their door, telling them to put on their life vests and report to the deck. They didn't think their lives were in danger, but they did as they were told. They were fully convinced everything was fine, because at that point, no one was panicking, there was no screaming, because no one knew anything. So zero passengers were concerned. Everyone was just like, okay, sure, whatever. But that was when one of the stokers from below had come up onto the deck, seen Albert and told him, if you value your life, get off of this ship. I've been below and we're going down. Wow. He saved his life. Yes, he did. And just at that moment, lifeboat 13 was being lowered and Sylvia and Albert were like right next to lifeboat 13. And one of the stokers ran over to the lifeboat as it was being lowered and told them to hold the boat and got Sylvia and Albert and their son onto the boat.
1: Wait, so there's three people?
0: Yeah, Sylvia, Albert, and their like infant son.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, he needs a ticket, dude.
0: (laughs) It's it's like a little tiny baby, baby, like a little baby, yeah.
1: You've known him for like what, six months? (laughs) Yeah, like
0: you barely know that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Right, so I guess since they were already lowering the lifeboat, it wasn't a big deal that Albert was a man, and so they let him onto the lifeboat
1: wow, we got lucky. Yes. Wow.
0: And the stoker was like, hold the boat, let him on. Yeah. And he was like a worker on the boat. Hey,
1: it pays to make friends, doesn't it?
0: Yes, it does. And there was like no questions asked. Like it was a partially filled boat because, you know, it was like one of those things where they were only letting women, women and children on. Except for Albert. Except for, literally, except for Albert. But lifeboat 13 didn't go down smoothly. While it was being lowered, Lifeboat 15 started to be lowered down on top of them, and they had to literally cut the ropes that was holding the boat so they could, like, let it drop and then row away, and right as they got away from the side of the Titanic, Lifeboat 15 dropped right where they were. Wow. Guys. And I'm pretty sure that happened in the movie. Oh, yeah? I'm pretty sure. I I mean,
1: how could they not have that moment? Exactly.
0: And then they were rescued by the Carpathia, so... Albert and Sylvia
1: were saved. What's the baby's name? Alden. Alden. Wow, this is crazy that he'll just never remember that, but have been present for one of the most historic events ever.
0: Yeah, that's many of the survivors. They were all little tiny babies. Wow. Yep. And that's the first story of the survivors. Shall we move on to the second? Yeah. Okay, so we have Charles John Joffin, I believe is how you say it, He was aboard the Titanic as the chief baker and had a staff of 13 bakers under him. When the ship hit the iceberg on the evening of April 14th, Charles was off duty and asleep in his bunk. According to his testimony, he felt the shock of the collision and immediately got up. Word was being passed down from the upper decks that officers were getting lifeboats ready for launching, and Charles sent his 13 men up to the boat deck with provisions to the lifeboats. Four loaves of bread apiece, about 40 pounds of bread each.
1: Wait, each loaf of bread was 10 pounds?
0: That's actually a good question. I don't know. Maybe it was more than four. Maybe they just meant like 40 pounds of bread total for all 20 lifeboats question mark anyway it seems like they were giving each lifeboat a couple loaves of bread just to have some snackies
1: i mean you gotta have snackies but this is such a strange detail of the evacuation because i'm sure nobody thought about oh when the ship is going down people are going to get hungry no, they
0: clearly did think about it because there was a well bunch i mean of...
1: people who think about the titanic now in oh. any capacity
0: oh yeah like this isn't a detail you hear yeah. About it's like that they had food in their lifeboats,
1: yeah. Like, this was a whole production, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, he like immediately snapped into action was like, Okay, gotta get loaves of bread into the lifeboats right. as it, chief baker.
1: Yeah, and it was so premeditated that it was part of the evacuation plan.
0: Yeah, true. Yes, so after putting loaves of bread into each of the lifeboats, Charles joined other officers by lifeboat 10. He helped with stewards and other seamen and ladies and children onto the lifeboat. Although after a while, the women on deck ran away from the boat saying they were safer aboard the Titanic. So this is like what was happening, what I was saying earlier. Like people thought they were safer on the Titanic because they didn't realize it was going down until it was like very severely tilted.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess this is all the press that they did. But that's so crazy to me that you hear that huge screeching sound and most of the boat does not is not phased yeah and people are at a point where they'd rather be on the boat as staff are loading people into lifeboats like they don't right. just do that
0: yeah no it's not like a fun thing for them to yeah, do
1: that's an absolute last resort
0: right i'm also thinking it's probably women who didn't want to like leave their husbands behind because that's yeah. a very real thing that a lot of people did and died because of like they just didn't leave their husbands and then they would you know go down with them so that was also a conscious decision that people were making but that is um not what we're talking about right now we're talking about trials so the women who didn't want to get into the boat charles would like kind of have to forcibly put them into the boat probably not the women who were like wanting to stay with their husbands but the people who were like it's safer on the titanic he was like listen
1: Listen I'm gonna here. put you
0: in this boat.
1: I imagine that later on they were thankful.
0: Absolutely. I mean who you know? wouldn't be but he was assigned as captain of lifeboat 10 um, but he didn't board. It was already being crewed by two sailors and a steward and so instead he went below after lifeboat 10 had been released and he had a quote-unquote drop of liquor in his quarters.
1: A drop? And a drop means a lot more than a drop this is i mean it sounds like he's going down with the ship so why the fuck not well true
0: but it's funny because um i have heard many different accounts of charles joffin and all of them include like that he got very drunk at like different points throughout this experience and it makes me laugh because uh my papa says this a lot like oh i just want a drop i just want i just want to taste you know (laughs) and then he'll pour like a whole glass of something or he'll fill his plate with something and it's like oh yeah just a drop papa like <laughs> totally so by that definition charles had a drop of liquor he um, just wanted a drop yeah and by this time his room had begun to fill with water and
1: dude he's like in his room drinking as it's filling with water yes the water was up to the top of his feet like it was coming in how quick is this water coming in
0: the whole ship sank in about three hours but he was doing other things, like he was running around helping people into lifeboats, like crazy. loading them with bread, like, yeah. And and I'm sure he was on the lower portion of the deck, or I'm sure he was on the lower portion of the boat, being that he was part of the staff. So this is probably like the first places that were filling.
1: Yeah, that's crazy, though. But I, I don't know, I just imagined it happened way faster than that. But I yeah. guess it was kind of a slow-moving ordeal. It took three hours.
0: Yeah. So... Once he realized that, you know, his room was filling with water, he arrived at the boat deck and all the boats had been lowered. So now there's no more lifeboats. So he went down into a deck promenade and threw about 50 deck chairs overboard so that they could be used as flotation devices. So that's good thinking. Um, He then went into the deck pantry on a deck to get a drink and some water. Um, And whilst there, he heard a loud crash quote, as if part of the ship had buckled.
1: Well, that's because it did.
0: Right, that it, that it quite literally broke in half. So he left the pantry and joined the crowd running toward the poop deck. And as he was crossing the well deck, the ship suddenly tipped back and, according to him, threw everyone in a well in a bunch except for him. So that's a quote. I, I'm i assuming that he meant in the water.
1: Oh, like, like the it, well of the boat, maybe? Maybe, that yeah. That doesn't but, really make any sense.
0: The, basically, the boat tipped back and threw a bunch of people somewhere, either in the water or like further into the ship. And he didn't fall with them. He like held on to a banister.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So Charles climbed to the starboard side of the poop deck, getting hold of a safety rail so that he was on the outside of the ship as it went down by the head. As the ship finally sank, Charles rode it down as if it were an elevator not getting his head under the water. In his words, his head, quote, may have been wetted, but no more. So, interesting. He was therefore... Wait,
1: this is an interesting detail. Yeah. He he did not get his head wet.
0: Yeah, he's like, I went down with the ship, but I never went under the water. Interesting. Yeah. And he was the last survivor to leave the Titanic. He was the very last person.
1: I feel like that's the move. If you're not going to be in a light boat? Yeah,
0: I mean, you don't want to be in the cold water for as long as you possibly can. So, Yeah, according to his own testimony, Charles kept paddling and treading water for about two hours. Two hours? Yeah.
1: In below freezing water?
0: Yes, negative two degrees Celsius and around 28 degrees Fahrenheit. He also admitted to hardly feeling the cold, um, which is most likely due to the you know, liquor jacket he had put yeah, on. Yeah, I was like, he's as, hammered. Right, we used to call it in college, put on your liquor jacket so you yeah, can sure. face the Michigan winters. Um, but when daylight broke, he spotted the upturned collapsible b lifeboat with second officer Charles Lightholler and around 30 other men standing on the overturned boat in the water. So he swam up to that boat and tried to climb on, but the men on board pushed him off So he swam around to the other side where a man named Isaac Maynard, who was a cook on the Titanic as well, and was standing on top of this lifeboat, recognized Charles and grabbed onto his hand and held it as he was in the water so he wouldn't drown.
1: Wow. I cannot believe that he spent two hours in that water.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty unbelievable fact.
1: But maybe the fact that he didn't get his head wet was a factor because... I've heard, like, that's where most of your heat escapes from, right? right? So I guess if it's not wet, yeah. maybe that makes the difference. I yeah. mean, I can't explain otherwise.
0: That's a good point. It right. very well could have been that. If that's really a true thing, that, like, his head didn't get wet, maybe that was a big factor. Yeah. Um, but eventually, Charles did spot another lifeboat that had room for about 10 more passengers. So he was able to swim over to them and was pulled inside and then made it into the Carpathia. Wow. So he got extremely lucky. Yeah, he got extremely lucky. And he was looked over for injuries, and he was fine, except for some swollen feet. And that's That's all. That's it? Yeah.
1: What was his body temperature?
0: I mean, I'm sure
1: cold. Yeah.
0: They were like, um, you look cold. But yeah, other than that, he just had some swollen feet, and that was his main issue. Maybe it was the drink.
1: I don't know. Like, I can't really... Can anyone explain this? Do you know how long he should have had in the water?
0: Definitely not long. There were experts that did test this. Like, There have been many tests that have been done on people who were submerged in water that was the same temperature as the Titanic was in. And they said that people should have lasted, like, minutes rather than hours. And I'm going to talk about that later on. But it's such a crazy thing that he did last that long um it makes no sense to me and people have said like oh yeah it's probably because he drank so much liquor and like you know because people feel warm when they have when they're drunk or when they're under the influence whatever but i was reading you know comments underneath a youtube video that was talking about this specifically and someone in the comments was like i am a nurse and that makes absolutely no sense (laughs) they're like that would that would for sure make his chances worse um so that makes no sense i'm definitely not a, a medical expert i don't know the science behind it but that makes more sense to me than him lasting longer because of being drunk
1: yeah and um let me insert my medical advice. Sure. Which is that I've heard that when you feel warmer, you're not actually warmer. Right. I mean you're that's actually colder. That's kind
0: of like when you're dying of hypothermia, your body for a time, like when you're at the very end of hypothermia, your body oh, you feels feel warm. warmer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we've had a few stories where that was the case. Someone's experience. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But it's just astounding.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting.
1: Maybe it was the bread. Yeah, I don't know. Pre- you could, we could just go on. You know and on.
0: what? I'm gonna say it was the bread. That makes more <laughs> sense to me than the liquor. I'm gonna say yeah. he ate a couple of loaves as he was light, like putting them in the in the ship or in the boats, and he just has a full belly and he's all warm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was digesting. It's time for a nap. He's fine. I can't, but anyway, Charles survived, and that's his story.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's probably the most unbelievable one we've heard yet. <laughs> well, it's just like medically insane
0: yes it is definitely an anomaly in my mind yeah an anomaly (laughs) um but uh we still have a lot more to come so let's move on to the next one shall we um so our next survivor is violet constance jessup she was an irish woman born in argentina whose family moved to england after her father's death when she was 16. She cared for her siblings while her mother worked as a stewardess on ocean liners, and then eventually Violet herself went on to become a stewardess as well. Something interesting about Violet, she apparently had to dress herself down because if she didn't, she was quote-unquote too pretty to hire. Really? (laughs) Which made me laugh. (laughs) I wish I had that problem. (laughs) I wish I was too pretty to hire.
1: I mean, that's gotta be the nicest... Way to get turned down for a job. <laughs> it's like you're too hot. Yeah, you are. You're so beautiful. Hot. You can't. Wait, I'm sorry. I
0: can't stare at you all day. You're too pretty. <laughs> uh, by 1911, she was stewardessing aboard the RMS Olympic, which was the other White Star ocean liner. However, things did not get off to a good start because one day the Olympic crashed into the HMS hawk It luckily didn't sink, but it was definitely not a fun thing to experience. And so in 1912, Violet moved on to working aboard the Titanic.
1: She thought, I'm done with this shit. Yeah,
0: and we know how well that went. At the very last minute during the disaster, Violet was allowed onto lifeboat 16 and was handed a baby to watch over. When they were rescued by the Carpathia, she was still holding the baby when a random crying woman ran up to her, snatched the baby, and then ran away. With no explanation. Four years later, she went on to work on the British Red Cross ship, the HMHS Britannic, during World War I, and after a sudden random explosion, the ship sank. Again. Yes. No one knew where the explosion came from, but the whole ship went down in less than an hour. Violet did make it onto a lifeboat, however, it was dramatically caught up in the waves and was headed straight for the swinging propellers of the boat, which was already tearing up other lifeboats. So Violet had to jump out of the lifeboat she was in and into the water, but hit her head on something. But miraculously, she survived. She didn't get knocked out? Nope. Somehow, Violet. She, yeah. Violet, you're turning Violet. Okay. Somehow, she was unfazed by this because she continued to work for the White Star Line in the future. <laughs> and years later, in the 50s, after she retired, she got a phone call from some stranger who asked if she had saved a baby the night the Titanic sank and she said yes and the person replied i was that baby laughed and then hung up whoa she said she wasn't sure who it was but she never told anyone how could you
1: know who it was
0: well of course but she also never told anyone about the baby that she like saved so she's like who else could it have been
1: right oh yeah that's a good point
0: yeah so anyway she passed away in 1971 at age 84 but that's that's violet's story wow next is the twins so a set of young boys were. wait by
1: the way he didn't even say thank you
0: nope just i was that baby haha hung up
1: (laughs) weird okay
0: weird power move weird (laughs) is
1: it or is it just confusion
0: confused confusing for sure very strange um so we have now the twins a set of young boys had been found on the carpathia with no parents one of them was two years old and the other was four, and they were obviously brothers. They were found alone, wrapped in a blanket. Survivors remember a man passing the boys onto a lifeboat, wrapped in a blanket, and when he was told he couldn't get into the lifeboat, he said he had no intention to, but that someone should take care of his boys. And sadly, their father did go down with the ship. But when the boys were asked any questions, the only answer they would give was, we. We. They were little French boys, and they didn't know any English. Even after authorities found someone to translate for them, they only answered questions with we. They had been given little tin boats to play with in the meantime, but they didn't know who these boys were. Once they arrived in New York City, they stayed at a home of a woman named Miss Margaret Hayes, who was a fellow Titanic survivor, on their lifeboat. And for a while it was a mystery who these boys even were, But that was until their story was published in the newspaper. There was an article titled, No Light on the Mystery Hiding the Identity of the Two Waifs of the Sea. Once their story had been published, a woman frantically cabled from France claiming the boys because she was their mother. And apparently, they had been kidnapped.
1: Seriously? Yes. They had been kidnapped.
0: They had been kidnapped by their father, but they had been taken from the mother without her consent.
1: And he was just trying to fuck off to New York? Yes. So... And he went down with the ship? Yes. Now, how does one feel about that?
0: Well, we don't know the story. How am I supposed to
1: feel about that? We
0: don't know what happened, but also... We don't. That's messed up. Don't do that. Don't do that. She didn't even know they had been on the Titanic. Really? Yes. They had been traveling under false names and everything, but thankfully they were safely returned to their
1: mother in France dude if the ship didn't sink she would have never seen them again yeah do you know how easy it was probably to fudge documents and just in 1912 like, life yeah that is so never messed again up. to be seen
0: oh god i'm so glad they were returned to her yeah they were michelle and edmund navratil and they were second class passengers edmund died in his early 40s but michelle apparently lived tonight to be 92
1: it's a good run
0: yeah Next up is Molly Brown. She is one of the Titanic's most famous passengers who after the disaster became known as the unsinkable Molly Brown. After the ship struck the iceberg, Molly immediately set herself the task of helping other people board lifeboats. She didn't try to get on one herself and actually only ended up on one when she was thrown into one kind of forcibly. <laughs> really yeah she was just like i gotta help as many people as possible
1: and they're like no you're getting on a boat
0: yeah however the boat she ended up on wasn't at full capacity so she begged the man rowing to go back and save people from the water however he unfortunately told her no because if he did too many people would try to climb on board and take them down and they could die if that happened so he was like no once on board the carpathia molly continued helping other people she even started a charity fund to help poor passengers and gathered blankets to give to the people who were sleeping in corridors and the dining room, and after disembarking in New York, she went on to become an outspoken advocate for causes like women's suffrage and workers' rights, and even ran for Senate. After World War I began, she joined the Red Cross and eventually traveled overseas to help rebuild France, and she died in her sleep in 1932 at the age of 65. God, ain't that a bitch. But she well, I mean, the best she way to go, sleep.
1: I know, best way to go, but that's young. Yeah. And But, but for that's,
0: 1932.
1: That's a great point. Yeah. This is an example of a person who really walks the fucking walk, you know? Yeah. Like, she kind of did, did it all.
0: Hell yeah. I mean, she was
1: just always helping other people, started a charity, went to rebuild France. You know, I, I feel like everybody wants to be kind of a good person, but she really showed it.
0: Yeah, she helped so many people. And even when they were in the water, she's like, can we please go back? That was one thing that not many survivors talked about, except for like one documentary that I watched, was when they were in the lifeboats, the like people that were in the water that they couldn't go back for, who were still alive, because that must have been terrible. Yeah. But she you just really... just
1: looking around, you only got like 20 people on the boat, and you kind of just like, uh yeah she really wanted to go back but they i mean she wasn't in charge of the boat so she couldn't do anything but yeah i guess i don't really know how big the boats were if you could they had capacity for
0: 65 people well the problem was it was really difficult to get people into the boats once they were in the water because it's just a hard thing to do and also they would have to you know i mean it was a possible thing right like they did that for a couple people like people were saved from the water but they were worried if they went to a place where there was a bunch of people that multiple people would try to come onto the boat and then it would flip the boat and everyone yeah. would end up in the water so yeah it's a tough call it's just how it went down i can't say if it was the right call or not it's just a horrible it was a call it's just yeah, a it's call
1: just really shitty
0: anyway i think this is our last survivor so the countess of Rhodes, lucy noel martha dyer Edwardus quite the name, was married to a man named Norman Evelyn Leslie, who was the 19th Duke of Rhodes. She was aboard the Titanic with her parents, a cousin, and one of her maids, and the night of the sinking, she was in her room when the iceberg struck. She asked some stewards what was wrong, but they assured her everything was totally fine, which is a tale as old as time at this point. She wasn't so sure about that, so she made her way up to Adek, which was a good call. She and her cousin ended up in lifeboat eight and the countess instantly realized that the stewards on board weren't that good at manning the boat. She made a big impression to a steward who was on the lifeboat with her, a man named Thomas Jones, and he was quoted saying, she had a lot to say, so I put her to steering the boat. (laughs) And this wasn't said with annoyance. It was more said with admiration. He was actually glad she was able to take over. Like she was very good at it.
1: Oh, okay. Word.
0: And she and Thomas Jones actually stayed in touch until the Countess's death in 1956. Like, they were friends after that. Really? Yeah. Someone else said she was an expert oarswoman and thoroughly at home in the water. So she slayed.
1: Yeah, she slayed on the boat. I mean, yeah. If you want any passenger to be on the lifeboat, it's got to be her.
0: Countess of Rhodes. Several other women joined the Countess.
1: Sorry, what does Countess mean? she's rich she got money she got money
0: i'm sure it means something else but that's what it means to me (laughs) i don't know several other women joined the countess in rowing going on and off taking shifts Uh, the countess was also busy comforting women who were distraught over their husbands being left aboard the titanic as all of this was happening and the women worked like this for hours since lifeboat eight was one of the last boats to be rescued by the carpathia this was because for hours they had been chasing these lights that they had seen out in the distance, which eventually faded into darkness and disappeared. The people on board this lifeboat believed that they had been chasing a phantom ship because they had seen lights, but they just disappeared. And this actually...
1: This is like multiple people though?
0: Yes. Well, this actually has a um, an explanation by like experts. They believe that this was the lights from the Californian... The ship that was like the closest nearby um and it has to do with like the refraction of light and like the curvature of the earth
1: curvature
0: yeah like the environment of like the atmosphere like there's like a bunch of scientific mumbo jumbo things yeah like the, they they saw the lights they shouldn't have they were like just far enough away that like the californian didn't see them but they kind of saw the californian's lights which is why they were like chasing it
1: oh uh, okay um
0: And the California didn't know that they were in need of help, so they weren't, like, looking for them, if that makes sense.
1: Right. I mean, they were do not disturb.
0: Exactly. So all in all, with an estimated 2,224 people total on board, only 705 people were rescued by way of lifeboat. The Titanic sinking... That's
1: what? That's, like, 60% capacity of even the lifeboat capacity, right? I think you said there was room for, like, 1,100-something?
0: Yeah, 1,174 or something.
1: That's like 400 spots Mm -hmm. that were just open.
0: Yeah, they were all like half full. All of them? Yeah.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. The Titanic's sinking marked one of the deadliest maritime disasters in history. The main causes of death were hypothermia and drowning. While aboard the Carpathia, Joseph Ismay sent a message to the White Star offices in New York that said, quote, deeply regret to advise you, Titanic sank this morning after collision with iceberg, resulting in serious loss of life. Full particulars later. That's all he said. The Carpathia had been able to pass news to the outside world by wireless about what had happened. The initial reports were confusing, leading the American press to report, initially, on april 15th that titanic was being towed to port by ss virginian later that day confirmation came through that titanic had been lost and that most of her passengers and crew had died bit of a mix-up if you ask me
1: yeah what a whiplash
0: yeah There was widespread disbelief that the ship could not possibly have sunk, and it took many hours for accurate accounts to become widely available, and even then people had trouble accepting that this paragon of modern technology could sink on her maiden voyage, taking more than 1,500 souls with her. Multiple ships were sent out with embalming supplies to recover bodies, and they were successful in recovering 328, and future efforts recovered five more, but there were well over a thousand people who had died out there. The majority of the recovered bodies were buried in Halifax cemeteries, and those who were not claimed were given numbers that were put on their headstones. In the aftermath of the sinking, investigations were done, and it was agreed that, as we know, an iceberg caused the disaster, and not any weakness in the ship itself. Also, Captain Smith was blamed for the incident since the ship was traveling at excessive speed through known ice field. And for years, this was the official story. It wasn't until 1985 when oceanographer Robert Ballard and Jean-Louis Michel finally located Titanic's wreck 2.5 miles down, resting on the ocean floor. She was over 13 miles away from the inaccurate position transmitted by Titanic's crew while the ship was sinking. After searching the area using robotic technology, they saw that the ship was in two pieces, which led to speculation that the steel used to build the ship was inferior, but that was proven to not be the case. It wasn't the metal that was the problem. And a full-scale simulation of the ship in the water that night with the iceberg, with all the factors recreated, was done to figure out if Captain Smith was to blame. Captain Edward Smith was the most experienced and highest paid sea captain in the world at that time. But he was apparently on his very last voyage ever on the Titanic. Like, he was going to retire after that oh. After that trip. He apparently had a couple mishaps in the recent past at that time. He, like, he had hit a couple things and he was kind of getting away with a couple incidents at that time. He knew that they were in a dangerous place and he should have slowed down, but he also knew that there were very rich people on board who had reservations in New York and had families to get to, so he kept the speed up. The captain who was doing the simulation, you know, recently, said that if he were in that situation, he would have been going 10 knots, which was half the speed of the Titanic at 20 knots. And when they acted out that simulation, the Titanic cleared the iceberg So at 10 knots, if the Titanic had been going half of its speed, it would have missed the iceberg. They would have had enough time to turn.
1: So they would have gotten in, like, what, a few hours later?
0: They would have gotten in two days later.
1: I mean, a reservation's a reservation.
0: Okay, Captain Edward Smith, (laughs) my god. But
1: 1,500 people wouldn't have died, so... Yeah, I mean, obviously not worth it. Yeah. It's surprising though that yeah. it's that long but yeah i just yeah, they probably wouldn't even have had to do that for the whole time though. It was no. just through the ice field
0: yeah it wouldn't have been for the whole time it was just through the dangerous area that they were in
1: Is i mean at the end of the day the value judgment people make is so interesting
0: yeah i mean he didn't know that that was gonna happen right you didn't know you
1: were gonna go i mean you didn't know head but head
0: first into an iceberg almost. also
1: everyone else was like fully stopping for yeah. the night yeah,
0: every all other he ship had to do was slow down. Every other ship knew to stop. Yep. So why didn't he? And the Carpathia had no problem taking three extra days to make it to New York because of weather conditions. Like they took their time because of exactly that. Even with all the extra people
1: on board. I mean, and they had the turnaround and yes. pick everyone up.
0: Yes, that's what I mean. With every even with double their limit. Like, they had multiple extra people, and they took three extra days to get to New York.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just imagining, like, the people on board the Carpathia complaining, like, this is not what I paid for.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's a mess. So another interesting point that was explored, if the Titanic had hit the iceberg head-on, it may have also been fine, because the front of ships are designed to take impact and crumble, from what I understand. But because it hit the iceberg from the side, it got torn open and sunk. So again, if it like wow. hit it differently, it might have been fine. It's, just, that it's takes just a lot of nerve though to oh, hit yeah. an
1: iceberg head on.
0: Yeah, no, it's that's insane. It's just a a big game of what if.
1: Yeah, I mean of course it is.
0: Yeah. There have been a lot of studies done on every aspect of the Titanic. Anything that could have been tested has been tested down to if Jack would have fit on the damn door with Rose. Also, there was no Jack and Rose. They are completely made up. But something I found interesting... They... Don't
1: ruin that for me. <laughs>
0: you didn't know that?
1: Well, I didn't care to know. I just cared <laughs> to believe that Jack and Rose were real.
0: Um, well, there actually was a man on board, um, I believe named Jonathan Dawson. And there was a woman there was on,
1: on board...
0: Anyway, my point is, there was a man named Jonathan Dawson, and there is a gravestone with the like title J Dawson that people go and leave flowers for, and like pretend that it's Jack, and that's a thing. People. <laughs> so you can you can continue okay. to believe that that's a real thing. Anyway. And by the way, I'm pretty sure they determined that he maybe could have survived on the door. Like, I don't remember if they determined if he could have survived on the door or not, but I think they said in like the certain right position, he could have been on the door with her. Anyway.
1: Myth plausible.
0: Yeah. They said he probably could have been on the door with her, but they may have both died. Anyway, something I found interesting. They tested a person's body temperature in the water that, you know, it would have been the same temperature like negative two degrees Celsius or 28 Fahrenheit. And they found that the worst thing people could have done would have been to swim for their lives. It actually made them colder faster to be moving. Like the best thing they could have done would to just be like still.
1: To just float?
0: Pretty much. Because they're using up more energy and it's like making them colder faster.
1: Well, that didn't make any sense to me because I thought like, oh, warm up, you move around.
0: You would think that
1: but you're just like getting more of the cold water on you quicker.
0: Well, they tested someone who was fully submerged and they tested like every part of like they hooked him up to all these crazy wires and everything and he was way worse off when he was like swimming by like a wow. landslide. Really? Yes, way worse. Okay,
1: so if you're in cold water, chill.
0: <laughs> I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm well, just you're saying, saying they did a test. I'm saying, based off of the Titanic situation that these scientists tested in this yes, situation, but there's
1: also cold water elsewhere in other situations that's the same.
0: I am not responsible for anyone's okay. situation. Okay, so apparently only six people were saved from the sea. So that's just really
1: only six.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about like only 705 people were saved total and like how many people were put
1: into lifeboats like yeah only six people were saved from the water and one of them was hammered yeah treading water yeah apparently i just it, it like boggles the mind how is it humanly possible to be in the water that cold for that long i don't know it doesn't make sense like what was he doing it's like
0: how do you be up in the
1: stratosphere
0: for 45 minutes and not suffocate and die <laughs> i don't know it's giving but it's, it's
1: also like that was only one person who did it yeah there's like so many others
0: also that was a reference to a past episode if you don't past know
1: episode you gotta she touched the stratosphere go listen
0: it's like last episode or two episodes ago um anyway there has always been a fascination with the titanic for more than 100 years, she has been the inspiration of fiction and nonfiction. There have been multiple movies, books, museum exhibits with artifacts, as well as explorations of the Titanic that have been done. Mostly with robots and cameras, since it's so far down. In 1985, a joint U.S.-French expedition located the wreck of the Titanic. The ship was discovered about 400 miles east of Newfoundland in the North Atlantic, some 13,000 feet below the surface. Subsequent explorations have found that the wreck is in relatively good condition, with many objects on the ship, jewelry, furniture, shoes, machinery, and other items are still intact. Since its discovery, the wreck has been explored numerous times by manned and unmanned submersibles, including the submersible Titan, which imploded during what would have been its third dive to the wreck in June of 2023, which happened very recently, as I'm sure we've all heard, and was awful.
1: Yeah, I got more detail on that than I wanted.
0: Yeah, that was friggin' awful. Yeah. Completely unneeded. <laughs> like, yeah. Like leave the titanic alone how about that (laughs) like
1: leave it alone it's also just so i is it ironic that they were like going to see a tragedy
0: and a tragedy occurred
1: yeah
0: i could talk about that for a long time so i don't i don't know i mean there's just so many things that went wrong and like could have been prevented you know yeah they just knew that it was like a thing that was not constructed properly and like you know it it, yeah you know (laughs) Yeah,
1: I can't wrap my head around the owner of that company and he should be criminally charged, in yeah, my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's messed up, to say yeah. the absolute least. And also, I simply can't relate to paying that much money to be in a tube that small.
1: Yeah, the other thing is being controlled you don't by... even like see the shipwreck. You see it through a camera.
0: Yeah, you're not even looking through an actual window because like, it's just... so dark down there. Yeah. Um, it's actually through a camera, so you might as well just watch it through a camera. Now, <laughs> like, anyway. now, what if
1: I had a business where we just go down like a few hundred feet, but we tell them that we're there and we just send something else down?
0: And you charge them like 250 grand per person? They have no idea. And it's you make them press a button and shit in a bucket and you put but them in the sands
1: the bucket, queen. Okay, <laughs> just, you know, capitalizing it <laughs> on having No,
0: it... It is a tragedy, and it's nothing to really joke about because there was a 19-year-old on board, and it's absolutely horrendous. So yeah. I, it's awful. It's just awful. Um, yeah, I can't believe that happened. So anyway, scientists think the entire shipwreck could vanish, actually, by 2030 due to bacteria that's eating away the metal. So really? Bacteria
1: ac- eating metal?
0: Yeah, at the bottom of the ocean. So, the the entire Titanic might be
1: gone by 2030. Wow, the circle of life. It only. It's 100 years? I mean, you would think it would just stay forever. You would think. It's just in the water. Hey,
0: but don't worry, because the Titanic 2 is planned.
1: (laughs) Are we we serious? (laughs) Wait, the movie or the ship? No.
0: The ship. The passenger ocean liner is intended to be a functional, modern-day replica of the Olympic-class RMS Titanic. And this is not a joke. The new ship is planned to have a gross tonnage of 56,000, while the original ship measured at 46,000 gross registered tons. The project was announced by Australian billionaire Clive Palmer in April of 2012. The billionaire's gotta stop i'm gonna say it now
1: named clive clive palmer listen clive <laughs> guys stop let it die like <laughs> it's stop with lay the, her
0: to rest
1: yes let her be like enough yeah so also the people who get on this stop <laughs> also stop maybe like, stop and think this is just like this is just a marketing play of course it is you know of course it is it's a gross marketing play
0: anyway um it's A proposed cruise company blue star line instead of i guess white star line in (laughs) brisbane australia the intended launch date was originally set for 2016 it was delayed to 2018 and then 2022 and now it's 2023 so i I don't know we'll see if it happens but it's it was proposed it's been delayed i don't know if it's actually going to happen i wouldn't be surprised at this point Um, Maybe it was delayed again because of the Titan. I don't know. Uh, That's speculation.
1: Yeah, that's bad press. That is bad press. But also, (laughs) (laughs) it was supposed to happen in 2016. Yeah. And it's fully seven years Uh past then. Yeah. That's kind of funny.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, I think the billionaires need to stop.
1: Can't you just enjoy your money? Have you ever heard of a cruise?
0: Go on like, a cruise.
1: No, here better yet. Just go by yourself. What? You can afford it. You're a billionaire. What do you mean? Get a yacht. Oh, sure. Buy your own. Oh,
0: yeah. Buy a yacht. Name it the Titanic.
1: Just build, build it for you. And you then go. You don't need it for anyone else.
0: Yeah, that's true. Or if you are going to do it, sail in like the hottest place.
1: But also don't. But also just name don't. Name it the Titanic. Literally, yeah. yeah don't. don't
0: name it the Titanic. Don't um do it. Don't stop.
1: don't don't Don't, stop
0: don't comma stop
1: yes
0: (laughs) i'm not saying don't stop i'm saying stop thank you and that's the story of the titanic and some of its survivors because there are there were many and i couldn't tell you about all of them right now so
1: i mean 700 but yeah some pretty crazy stories i mean the random chance of all the survivors all of the people who died it's just like you can run around in circles and think about it for hours. It's just like one little thing goes different. And then this happens and this happens. And then maybe it's still intact and nobody dies. And it's yeah, just, it is the crazy. What if analysis is just endless.
0: Yeah, the the one that really got me was the captain who was like, yeah, if, if I were the captain of the Titanic, I would have been going 10 knots. And like, here's this.
1: Seasoned veteran,
0: no, yeah. Well, here's this like VR experience essentially of the Titanic, whatever. And like, we can basically prove that if this is how it went down, it would have been fine. And like, I guess you can't entirely say that, like, that's true, but they can almost say that it would have been fine if they were going that speed.
1: would it not have it wouldn't have had to miss by that much more i mean if you only get like what 50 100 feet ripped open instead of 300 it was just the speed it was the speed
0: they were going it was because they were going too fast
1: yeah well i'm saying they could have still hit it just not as hard
0: yeah i guess i i I don't know but that's just what got me i I literally have no idea yeah, but anyway. I don't
1: know. What do you think is so like so appealing about the Titanic? Why is there such an obsession with it? Why is it so magnetic?
0: I think people are just attracted to mass tragedy. And it's like the sensationalism of like it's the unsinkable thing, yeah, but it and just it's also seems like... it was, like so luxurious. and there were like millionaires. And it was like the, you know, it it's just like so romanticized. and it was like so unbelievable like just the whole the whole thing was like so tragic and unbelievable yeah yeah i, I think it just, just seems like
1: this one is so much more focused on than any other like because of, do you because care of more about like yeah the, that's what i was gonna say if the movie wasn't made would you know about this
0: probably not as like in depth yeah but hollywood absolutely has a big part in it yeah leo and kate winslet
1: it's a great point
0: and the, the, what, the jewel of the sea, the heart of the sea, whatever it's called, that jewel, that like the, the big diamond or like ruby necklace that or emerald, whatever stone it is, that they're like after, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real thing.
1: Well, hey, like most things, the mystique and the fantasy mystery. of it all is better than anything else.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's enough of the Titanic for me for one night. Yep. What is your good thing?
1: My good thing is your birthday. Oh. Stole it from you. Thank
0: you. I'm excited. Oh. going to have some fun. Sure. We're going to do
1: things. We're going to have a dinner, you know, celebrate your birth. But we're not singing the song. Oh, Stop yeah. with that.
0: I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. What's your good thing? I
0: don't love it. Well, if I had to choose, I suppose it would be my birthday. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um... We got a couple art prints I'm excited about.
1: Oh, we got big art coming in.
0: Yeah, we got big, big art. Costco art. Yeah, some good Costco prints. My mom got me a nice art print. Thank you, mom, for my birthday. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm excited to hang out with some friends and
1: eat some cake, baby. We got funfetti.
0: Hell yeah.
1: Boy, do we have funfetti.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make myself a cake tomorrow.
1: So amazing.
0: Yeah, anyway. Um, and uh, I'll just pretend that I'm not gonna lose my health insurance. <laughs> it's just like a fun, quirky thing about turning 26.
1: It's yeah.
0: <laughs> so fun, so fun, so quirky. Exactly. Yeah, that's all it is. Um anyways, thank you guys so much for listening if you would like to look at all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about check us out on instagram at nasa underscore podcast if you would like to check out the bonus episodes that we have up we've got a bunch of those check us out on patreon at patreon.com slash not today podcast if you or anyone you know has a story of survival that you would like to share with us and possibly hear on an upcoming listeners episode send it to know today at gmail.com we have a tiktok that is not today podcast and a twitter that is not today podcast but the t on the end of podcast is
1: a three because that makes sense and just keep breathing yeah yeah